In Jesus' name, amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, right now you're halfway qualified to be a nurse. Everybody do that, amen? Because I'm telling you, when Troy talks about that stuff, I even, I even figure it out, so it's good. Because you, down there that day between his siblings and him and his mama, and I'm telling you, those, those nurses coming, they didn't have a clue what they were stepping into. But boy, it didn't take them long. And I told them, I said, this is normal. They put on a road show wherever they're at, so don't think it's just for you guys because um, they just, uh, they're, they're, they're family. They're, they love each other. They're loud. They're exciting. They're just, if you turn around, you'll miss something. So it's just everybody's different. They're good people. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 today. Let's, let's uh, wind up this great service today. How many appreciated praise and worship today? Did just say amen? And thank God for all the participants, us and them helping us. And let's talk again today about faith. We talked about the last three weeks. There's three words that you and I are going to have to learn to live by, and that's faith, hope, and love. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, faith, hope, and love. He talks about the power of love, what love is, how to walk the God kind of love. And he says to remember these things, these three things, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. We know according to Scripture that love works, faith works by love. We know that if we understand how much God loves us, that we can begin to love ourselves, the Bible says, and we can eventually love others. If you don't love yourself, it's hard to love others. And that's why God wants us to move from a codependent type lifestyle to a lifestyle of freedom and wholeness and grace according to His Word. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The uh, Amplified Version says, Now faith is the assurance. Everybody say assurance. Listen, guys, we have to have assurance in Christ. The Bible says it's going to get darker out there, but brighter in here. When I say in here, not in this building, in our lives. God is doing revival around the world. He's including America. It looks like we're going to be trailing some areas because I'm telling you, there's revivals in South America, revival in China. There's revivals in Europe. There's revivals everywhere, even among the native lands. Revival's happening. So we have to understand, as I said in first service, simply this. One reason we don't see the miraculous miracles in America we see in other nations is because we outthink ourselves. We think too much. God didn't ask us to think. He said, just believe and I'll teach you how to think. As a man or woman thinketh what? So is he. And the Bible teaches us these things. And as a word was spoken this morning in my ear uh, by someone, God talked about how we can completely render ourselves unto him when we come together corporately how we can completely honor Him and, and push away the distractions and push away the things. How many besides Pastor Pat had a kind of a trying week? Just raise your hand. One way or another, you had a trying week. Well, you know what? The trying week's going to make us stronger. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. The Bible says don't count, your, count it all joy when di different kinds of trials and tests and situations come at you because we're going to be able to prove the goodness of our Father. And the Bible, the Bible says faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we're hoping for. What are you hoping for? The same? I'm not hoping for the same. I'm not hoping for the same in any area of my life. I want to see more of what God has for me. I want to do more. I want to enjoy more. I want to be the son I've never been. I want to be the husband I've never been. I want to be the daddy. I want to be the pastor. I just... I'm not striving. I just want I want more. Are you selfish? No, I just want more. What He's done for us. How many can say God's been good to us? How many can look around and say God's good? I'm telling you, God's good. 
I'm telling you, He's good to us. He's good to us every day, and that's not to shame us or bring condemnation. Listen, guys, people constantly want to shame you or bring condemnation. They really don't know the goodness of God. Now, we, we need to talk about heaven and hell. There's some people that will never come to Jesus unless they hear about hell a lot. But that's a few. It says the goodness of God pushes, it draws us into the things of God. But some people, have, anybody here raised Baptist, you scared into heaven? How many got, how many, amen, basically, hey, this hell thing ain't working. How many say amen? He besides me been at the altar spring and fall for 22 straight years? I mean, I, they, I mean, and, and listen, it's okay to have a healthy fear of hell because we don't want to go there. We don't want anybody to go there. But I'm telling you, Jesus, hell was created for the devil and his angels, not for me and you. It's even being misused. You think about it, hell's being misused. God never created hell for his sons and daughters. He created hell for the devil and those deceived angels. He didn't create it for us. So it's so, it's so awkward to even think about his people being in hell out of rejection out of unbelief, out of whatever. So we need to let people know there is a hell because some people preach, well, there's no hell. Hell's the grave. No, hell's not the grave. The rich man that died, he said, can I come back and tell my five brothers about this place? I don't want nobody to come back. And what? No. And, and Abram said, no, I can't send you back. They didn't believe Moses. They didn't believe the prophets. They didn't believe anybody. They ain't going to believe you. Our job's to warn people up here. How many say Amen. And tell them God loves you. God's not mad at anybody. The Bible says He satisfied His wrath when Jesus hung on that cross. We, I'm telling you, you tell people how good God is. I'm telling you, growing up, I never knew how many kids were going to get off the school bus at my house. I'm not, telling, I'm not telling a lie. My brother here, my sister here, my mom's here. People get off three reasons. One, my mom and dad is a great place of hospitality and peace. Two, my mother's a worldwide cook. And three, dad's going to have fun. How many say amen? They just get off the bus. Parents would come and find them at 8 o'clock at night. You see my kid? Yeah, he got off the bus with me. Because it was a safe place. That wasn't a perfect place, but it was a safe place. But I'm telling you guys, we need to tell people that God loves them so much. He's got a great life plan for them. There's going to be trials and tests, but it's a life of, it's a life of faith. Full confidence and assurance. Assurance of what God said is going to happen. I want you to turn to Isaiah 58. Just turn to Isaiah 58 this morning. I just want to, I want you, you and I to soak in the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the graciousness of God. You know, two weeks ago, a week ago this last weekend, you know, 70 people were shot in Chicago. Why are you talking about that, Pastor Pat? Because people need to know God's a good God and you got a future and you don't have to go around shooting people for their tennis shoes or their car. Or this is a basketball coach out of Wake Forest that hit that guy in New York City because he thought somebody's trying to carjack his car. And the guy tapping on the window had just tapped on two windows before because he'd come from a wedding and he was drunk. And the guy, he thought he's tapping on his Uber. And it wasn't an Uber. The guy jumped out and cold cocked him. He fell back, hit his head on the curb, went into a coma and died. Those people were nervous. People are fearful. People are anxious. I, I, I told the cab driver in New York City once, I've only been there twice. The last time I said, you let me out, I'll find my way home. First of all, you don't know how to drive. And second, you're mumbling something I can't understand. Because he didn't know the goodness of God. Because he was telling me his religion. 
And I tell him about my relationship. There's a difference in somebody's religion and somebody's relationship. Let me say amen. I said, you let me out right here. I'm from Kentucky. I can find my way back to hotel. I promise you. Let's see. The sun sets in the west. Oh, it's dark. The moon, I can find my way home. Let me say amen. This world is messed up, but we have the answer, and his name is Jesus. It's not just a cheer, J-E-S-U-S. It's Jesus. He'll change your life forever. Trials and tests will come, but I'm telling you, he'll change your life. Look what it says, Isaiah 58. Look what he says in verse 11. And the Lord will continually guide you. How many needs guidance today? We need overcoming faith. We need sustaining faith. We need empowering faith. We need pioneering faith. We'll talk about all those things next week. We need to be able to step out and do something we've never done before. We need to have Abrahamic faith where God said, start walking and I'll give you everywhere you go. The key is most of us want to operate faith from a seated position. And you can't operate faith from a seated position. you got to move. Brooke's back there in the nursery. She's, uh, she rotates through the nursery. And, and you know, like I've told you before, if I hadn't asked Brooke to marry me, she wasn't going to wait around. I said, would you, would you ask me? She goes, no, you're supposed to ask me. Let me say amen. I mean, whatever your heart is full of, you'll talk a lot about. If it's fear, come out fear. If it's faith, it'll come out faith. If whatever you're full of, you and I will come out. And if we're full of God, God's going to come out, amen? Amongst the trials and tests and situations. Our God's a good God, amen? Every day's a new day. Every day's a new scorecard. It's like playing golf. Every day with God, it's like a new hole and you get to swing again, amen? I see we have a lot of golf fans. But anyway, Tiger's got a chance to win today if anybody cares. Why would you talk about Tiger? He was an adulterer. Because I'm believing Tiger's going to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and become a beacon of testimony in God's world. Because you know what? Those guys are not going to listen to me because I haven't won any majors. I haven't won any. I, I'm, you know, I'm a golfer. It ends in three digits. So anyway. All right. Look what it says. The Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places. How many felt like it's been hot lately here? Not just physically but your life's been heated up. And he says he'll give strength to your bones. He'll give strength to your bones. The Word of God will bring faith and faithful strength in your bones. And you'll be like a watered garden. A watered garden. Listen. Listen, guys. Time out. Look at me just a minute here. Stop focusing on everybody else's garden. Water your own. Stop, you know, stop giving comparisons and thoughts on everybody else. Start watering your own. Start praying over your own. Father, I thank you this is the day you made and I rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you you're going to direct my step. Father, I thank you no weapon formed is going to prosper against me. Father, I thank you 1,000 will fall at one hand, 10,000 at the other hand. Father, I thank you me and you, you are a majority today. We're going to win. We're winners. We're, vic we're victors, not victims. Some of us have been trained to be victims so long we don't think, we think winning is like the lotto. Listen to me tell you something about the lotto. The lotto won't work because it's a game of chance. This is a game of truth. Let's say it again. The lotto won't work. Well, I'm ahead in the lotto. No, you're not ahead. How do you think they build casinos? Because people lose. And they let you think you're winning enough. Just, how's that working for you? Play responsibly. My grandfather gambled. Our family come from, we come from some gamblers. And he, he gambled. God bless him and he bet on anything. You know, and I loved him, and I learned a lot of good from my papa, uh, my grandfather butcher. But he carried a pair of dice in his die in his pocket. Man, he rolled them against the wall against anybody. 
Y'all heard me in my beer confession, right? With my papa butcher, amen? Anyway, he got saved before he died. He got saved sitting at the table at my mom and dad's house, and I saw it. And my papa, both of my papas are in heaven. Both of my grandmothers are in heaven. And if it wasn't for a beautiful wife and two wonderful children and you all and all the family, I'd want to go tomorrow, but I got a little more work to do. And I got to get a haircut sometime. But anyway, listen. <laughs> and it says, it'll satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones, and you'll be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Do you see that? His waters won't fail you. All you need is one word from heaven to change your situation. You don't have to quote five chapters. You need one word from heaven that's so real in your heart, it's renewing your mind, and your, your talk is changing, and your walk is changing. All you need is one word from heaven to get you where you need to be. Lewis and Clark said this, what got us there won't take us there. So, guys, that's why we got to keep building our faith. What brought us to the dance, we got to add to it. We come with who brought us to the dance, that's Christ. But I'm telling you, we want to grow in our faith. How many say amen? We want to have overcoming faith, pioneering faith, sustaining faith. That's what he's talking about there, sustaining faith. When you have a bad report and when things in the natural go against you and the Word of God sustains you. And it says in verse 12, when we do these things, when God continually guides us and He satisfies us and He strengthens our bones and we water our garden and we take care of ourselves, He said, then, then from among you, you'll rebuild the ancient ruins. God is going to have revival in small town America because the last 40 years, things have been leaving small town. The country stores are gone. The little gas stations are gone. The little whatnot shops are gone. And they've all went away. Now you've got to drive 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes to get a jug of milk. Those country nucleuses that in the middle of them was the church. And everything came and flowed through the church. And then there was always a, a post office usually, a church and a post office. And those things have, have been, they've been taken away. Will you against the convenience of big box? And no, 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 I'm not against the convenience of big box and ordering by Amazon. There's a place for all that. But let me tell you something. You can't sit around a country store and order from Amazon and hear an old farmer teach you how to weather a bad crop. I'll tell you that. And you can't get the community when we do all these things. I'm not necessarily against that, but guys, I want to tell you something. You young people have never been able to experience community like that. We are obligated to teach you what love is in a community from the church out. So these little towns that used to be hustling and bustling, now you drive through, and if you didn't know it was there, you would swore it never had been there. And you drive through them. Are you saying God's going to restore every little church, you know, uh, city and town's going to? No, but I'm telling you something. It's going to happen. Revival in America is going to have a big influence on small town America. And the Bible says we need to take care of our own family, our own house, our own place. How many say amen? The Bible says Noah, being divinely warned by God, made a place safe and ark for his family. We need to protect our family. Sixty years ago, about 50-some years ago, almost 60, when prayer left the school, the Bible left the school, the Ten Commandments left the school, people who were called to be teaching and guiding and administrative and principal superintendents, they were God-driven, most of them. 
And I'm telling you, the results was not mediocre. The results was not bad. The results was good. And it raised a generation that valued God, honored people, loved and respected people. And you say, well, Pastor, you get all stirred up on that. I'm old. I can get stirred up. Amen. But you, you have the Bible on one side of the desk and a paddle on the other. You knew truth was going to be prevailed. Hallelujah. And you know you was going to leave every day the better for it. I was a junior in high school. My dog got run over the night before. My St. Bernard dog, I didn't tell nobody. Only me and mom and dad knew it. And, and uh, my brother and my sister. I went to school that day and I tried to camouflage. I tried to do the best I can. You know, when you're a 17-year-old, you're not supposed to cry. When you play football, you're not supposed to cry. You know, when you got your own vehicle with, you know, Mickey Thompson's and Gabriel Hotshocks and you look bad to the bone, you're not supposed to cry. I did the best I could, though. I got the home ec. I took home ec anyway. <laughs> it was my third hour, and I walked in, and, and I, I wasn't really crying, but she could look on my face. And Miss Hawkins said, come here, honey. Miss Bessie Hawkins. She said, Pat, what's wrong with you? And I just melted in her arms. I said, my dog got run over. And it, you know, I mean, I love my dog. Anybody ever love dogs more than some people? Well, that's another series. We'll, we'll get on that. And she said, listen to me. She looked me right in the eye. She goes, look at me. How many remember Miss Bessie Hawkins? Well, always the same hairstyle. She must have been born with that, but she's kept it anyway. Like um, the Flintstones, like Wilma. Anyway. She said, let me tell you something, Patrick Butcher. She said, it's okay to cry. Because when you lose something you love, it's okay to cry. Well, I cried like a baby. 17 years old. I never forgot that day. And she said, you got to cry so you can start to be healed. God's telling us it's okay to cry for a while. But we need to be healed. We need to be refreshed. We need to have our faith strengthened. This is what it says here. So we can go among the ruined places and raise up the age-old foundations and you'll be called a repair. Everybody say repair. Everybody say it again, repair. Repair of the breach. Things are broken. Things that are breached are broken. They're messed up. You and I, by the power of Jesus Christ, by faith in Christ alone, can help repair the breach in broken places. And let me say this to you. You're like me. You've got broken places in your life right now. I want to tell you, you'll be like the lepers. You'll be healed as you go. As you help others, God will heal you. The blessings of God will come from behind and overtake you. And when we stop focusing so much on myself, and focus on helping others, God's grace will embrace and engulf us and we will be blessed beyond measure. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor is entered into the heart of man the things God has for those who love Him, the things He's planned in this earth for those who love Him. And it says we'll be the repair of the breaches and the restore of the streets to dwell in. God is going to restore things in your life. God is going to restore things in your family's life. God is going to restore things in our communities. And it's all about Jesus. And when He's lifted up, the Bible says all men are drawn unto Him. Men, women, boys, and girls. Amen? And if we focus on Jesus, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The, the promises of God are going to be bigger than the problems of our, our life. And instead of looking at the problem and talking about how big it is and how bad I feel and how bad situations are, the possibilities of faith are going to override the problems of life and push them away. And light is going to push back darkness. And all it takes is one person believing that. That one woman, that one woman demonly led 
helped take prayer out of the school. One crazed woman. One. Everybody say one. Well, there's more than one of us here. How many say amen? And when people see us coming out, well, we've corporately been together and we've been worshiping God and praising God and being encouraged in the Word of God. When people see us coming out with hope and encouragement and strength, they're going to be challenged and say, what's going on with you? That ain't church as regular. We don't want to have regular church. We don't have meetings with the Spirit of God. We won't have meetings of downloads of the Holy Spirit. We won't have meetings in community. We want to leave with hope every time we come together. Whether it's a Wednesday night, our small groups, our corporate times, our outreaches, whatever we do in the name of the Lord, we want to deliver hope. But you know what? I'm a Bengals fan. I still think we can get back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know what hope is. And you know, more importantly, what hope is. Hope is it's going to get better tomorrow. Hope is God's light's going to shine on this situation. Hope is my past is behind me, my future is bright, and I'm going to grab everything God has so I can be a blessing to others. That's what hope is. Hope is I move from me to we. Hope is, God, I'm so thankful you let me live in this time. You let me experience life. You let me share life. I'm so thankful, Lord. I'm just practicing for heaven now. That's what hope is. Hope anchors my soul when, when the wind's blowing and the news is casting and you watch the news, you go, my God, hope settles you down. Hope secures you. Hope ties you down. Hope lengthens your stakes and strengthens, strengthens your cords so you're expecting God to move. Because hope is simply going, God, if you don't do it, I'm sunk. And as Jimmy said, we all need to practice walking on some water. And that's hope, faith in God. I mean, you can say amen to that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. And I just thank you for this wonderful group of people who love you, who you've called to be a part and challenged to hook up, Lord, the vision you've given us to affect this region here, eight to ten counties right here, even in the edge of Indiana, and then to plant life-giving churches, Jesus, where you're the head and the Holy Spirit empowers in small towns and communities around the state. And we thank you today for the church in Grant County and Campbell County and Bourbon County. We thank you, Lord, for what we started what you started, and thank you for swelling our hearts up with hope and expectation that there's much more to do. Because, Lord, without you, we're lost. And we're confused. And, Father, you've given us faith to take that next step today. And I close with this prayer. The next step for some of us in this room might be giving my heart, your heart, to the Lord Jesus and being born again. Just asking Jesus into your heart, repenting and turning from your sin and confessing him as your Lord. Hope might be taking the next step back toward the Lord. Like for seven years, I ran from God. But then one day, I turned like the kid in the hog pen and said, I'm going home to Daddy. At least I can sleep out there with the hands. Your hope might be, Lord, help me take this next step. Help me move out. Help me change. Help me just step out from today into tomorrow in faith. And may the faith that you've given me through your word please you. It's that simple. One day at a time, celebrating you all the way and learning to work with our brothers and sisters so we can help each other. Father, I thank you today that we're learning to do that. If anyone here needs to make you their Savior and Lord, Lord Jesus, that they would simply say, Jesus, be my Lord. They would contact us up here after service so we could connect with them and love them and help them.